Welcome back to The Daily Drum on WHUR, WHUT-TV, Sirius XM Channel 141, 96.3 HD2, and 98.3 FM. This is the Insight Segment. I'm Harold Fisher. Tonight, we are talking to the therapists. After all, it is the season to really focus on mental health. The holidays can be very difficult for loved ones who are dealing with grief and loss, But we're also living in a season of gun violence. What impact does that have on the mental health of our children? Well, those are just a few of the issues we'll be talking about tonight with our therapists. My guests are licensed professional counselor, Dr. Nakisha Riggins, and Dr. Danielle Hairston, psychiatry residency program director at the Howard University College of Medicine. They are answering our therapy questions and yours. Lines are open. Give us a call at 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810. You can also X me at hfisherwhur, or you can find me on Instagram at Harold T. Fisher. Dr. Harrison, Dr. Riggins, thank you so much for joining the conversation. Thank you for thank having you. us. Let me first start with something that has been in the headlines, and that has to do with gun violence. But specifically, and I'll start with you, Dr. Harrison. As you know, yesterday a 15-year-old boy was arrested at Bowie High School for allegedly bringing a ghost gun to school. 30 rounds in an extended magazine. That is not new. We are having issues with gun violence in our young people. But I I want to specifically ask about the impact on young people who are not bringing guns to school, but who are exposed to this kind of violence. From your perspective, what kind of concerns about their mental health do you have? My first concern is trauma. I mean, there's a lot to unpack, right? Like a ghost gun. Where did you get this from? Who Mm -hmm. ordered this? Why did you have this clip of 30 rounds? Like, what was the plan? But also realize that just sitting next to someone or being in the same school or walking past this person in the hallway is traumatic. There's a lot to consider. You know that PTSD, yes, we know it impacts adults. People usually think about PTSD with veterans and going through war. But this can also result in PTSD for children. So it's really important that we pay attention to how they're moving, to what they're saying, to what they're not saying, because it definitely has an impact and trauma can impact anything. It can impact their sleep. It can impact anxiety, depression. So even what they eat. So it's important that we really pay attention to how they're reacting and how they're moving after experiencing this. You know, I would imagine just thinking about being in class with someone, I mean, yeah, I was in class a long, long time ago, but still, the the thought that if this person was sitting next to me yesterday or the day before, and I had, you know, a good relationship with this person, good classmate, what have you, and then for this to happen the day after, I would need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, what kind of things might be going through a child's mind, particularly with, the, you know, the recent history in this country of, you know, school shootings and the like, that that kind of thing would really put me on edge, Dr. Riggins. Mm-hmm. As you were talking, I was thinking about how so many of these situations begin to 
rob children of this childhood joy, their ability to have fun, relax, not be concerned about what used to be adult issues, to be able to have school and the pathway to school feel like a safe space. And so when I think about what adults and even older children can say to younger children, I think it's important to encourage them to consider other safe spaces, other places where they can continue to have joy, be age appropriate, find places and people at school where they can have open conversations. It may not be the teacher, it may not be the guidance counselor, but ideally there is someone within their community that they can say, express whatever their concerns are and find someone who can help them talk through whatever is is bothering them so that the anxiety, the depression, the PTSD that was mentioned does not necessarily have to happen. What do you recommend to a parent who has their child now come home and the child is saying, you won't believe what happened today? Are are children numb to this now? Is is that is that part of the impact, or are they, in another sense, hypersensitive to this? I don't think children are numb to it. I don't think we should allow children to become numb to it. Mm-hmm. And what parents need to do is talk to them, even if they don't want to talk, even if they say, "I don't want to talk about it." Find a way, like text them, mm-hmm. or let's go out to get something to eat. Are you thinking about anything? What are you thinking? What are your feelings? And also always know that it is always appropriate to include a professional. If you feel like your child is changing, usually when we see behavioral acting out, when we see um, children start to become isolative, they don't want to engage, they don't talk, when you start to see those things, make sure you're paying attention to to those nonverbal cues. Because they Mm -hmm. might not say, say, they'll say everything is fine, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is fine. No, I don't want to talk about it, Mm -hmm. but are they engaging? Do they still want to do stuff with their friends? Are they saying they have a stomach ache and they can't go to school? Mm -hmm. Are they trying to find a way to avoid engaging, avoid a way, find a way to not go to class, not go to after school activities, not engage? So pay attention to those nonverbal cues as well as asking them what's going on and always it's appropriate to include a professional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, go ahead, please. I would also (laughs) add to, as As you're paying attention to those things, I would also say to be aware that these symptoms may show up later. They don't necessarily need to show up that day or even the next day, but it could be a while before a month, month, months even before the child recognizes that, oh, wait, I was actually sitting next to this person. What if that were me? Those are thoughts that don't have to come right away. So how might that present a month later or two months later? It's mm-hmm. it's one thing if that child is sitting at home playing video games and and the parent may think, okay, it's blown over, mm-hmm. everything is fine, and then they're playing, I don't know, Grand Theft Auto or whatever kids play these days, and they realize that this is a game, but this really isn't a game. Mm-hmm. How do you know and how might you approach a child when these things present later? Because parents, you know, parents are parents. It's like, okay, kid's fine. It's been a week. It's been two weeks. My child is fine. We're good. But these things could show up later. Mm-hmm. I think it's always important to keep the lines of communication open. So... Yes, on the day of, bring it up. 
couple weeks later, still bring it up. Let your child know or your children know that you're here. If you have a thought, you have a concern, I'm here. And also, as was shared, pay attention to if the sleep patterns change. There's um, a decrease in a desire to participate in things that used to bring joy. If they're avoiding things, those are all wonderful signs to pay attention to and bring that up to your child. They may not recognize it, but say, hey, you know, I noticed you, you haven't been sleeping well. You maybe haven't been eating well. Is there something that, that we could talk about or even present solutions? Because they're young. They may not recognize that this is something that um, is a concern and they there are options to get help. 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. This is Ask the Therapist. The doctors are in. We are talking about all kinds of uh, mental health issues. If you have a comment, if you have a question about something that uh, may be affecting you, maybe it could be something that has to do with the season, grief, loss, stress. We're going to be tackling all of those issues tonight. So lines are open again. Give us a call at 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. Here's the thing. Uh, therapy can be expensive, so here's your chance to get some therapy. <laughs> Marie, <laughs> if you can. You know, one of the other things that has been uh, top of mind, and and I think we saw a little bit of a sigh of relief. It's not a done deal yet, but over the past month and a half has been the stress that has been created by the thoughts of of the government shutdown. Mm -hmm. D.C. is a federal city. We have uh, hundreds of thousands of of federal workers in, in the DMV. And we have been through this before. It has been very traumatic. It has been terribly difficult. Of course, there was a continuing resolution about 45 days ago, and then just last night, Congress, uh, the House, approved a continuing uh, resolution. The Senate still has to vote. Today is Wednesday. We have two more days to get through this. My goodness, how do you address the stress? I think you said something that was very powerful. We have been through this before. Mm -hmm. We've been through it and we are here. And oftentimes I talk to my clients about, okay, so what have you gone through that is similar that maybe you can draw some lessons learned from? And for those people, whether they personally or know someone who has gone through it, I think it could be important to um, reflect on that and also plan, consider, what you have control over. We can't control directly what the government does, but there are other things that we could do so that we have a sense of control over what is coming down the pike. Your your thoughts about that? I think it's expected that we have this anxiety, this fear. Um, We know what can happen. We've Mm -hmm. seen it go either way. Like we've seen people come out of it, but we've also seen people not be able to work and not be able to feed their families and not be able to do basic things that they need. So I think we have to understand and accept that this is stressful. We can't act like it's not going on. I think that's really important to be authentic. Like this is happening. It is impacting me. I wanna talk about it. Um, I'm not gonna act like it's not here. And I think 
the D.C. government, the federal government, whoever it is, has to recognize that your employees are going through this. Like, don't mm-hmm. act like, oh, it's just another day. It's another day of uncertainty. And people can become consumed by this. Like, I can have difficulty sleeping. I can have palpitations. I can be not able to eat. I can have a decrease in interest in things because I'm so consumed by this fear. So we really need to talk about it, really need to discuss it. And I think leadership needs to discuss it and acknowledge this. Like, yes, it's a D.C. thing. We know there's other federal centers around this oh, yeah. uh, around this country, but we have to acknowledge that this is something that's going on and we, we have to be transparent and acknowledge it. Not to mention the fact that Thanksgiving is next week. Right, so can I buy the food for right. my family? <laughs> yes. And yes. and the next week, in the next mm-hmm. week, if you celebrate, if you choose to celebrate Christmas, can I get these gifts? Like, I need to plan forward. And when you're consumed by uncertainty, by the fear of what's going to happen, that brings a lot of stress. And mm-hmm. I think it needs to be recognized and acknowledged. Like, this isn't just people playing around, you know, um, in Congress. Y'all are arguing back and forth. We see you. But this is my life that's going to be impacted. And we have to really acknowledge that this is a real thing. You know, I remember remember about a, a month or so ago when this issue came up and I was soliciting donations for this domestic violence uh, event that I was participating in and I reached out to one of my really good sister friends and I said look you know I'd, I'd like to have a donation from you and she's a fed- she works for the federal government that's been her entire career and she said I would love to but right now I I don't know if I'm going to get paid this right. week. And I can't imagine the amount of stress. And that's workplace-related mm-hmm. stress. That is your livelihood. So, I mean, short of taking a bubble bath, <laughs> you know, how, how do you woo-saw when you've got that kind of pressure? I definitely think awareness, awareness of the stress, being able to talk about it, name it, recognize what you're feeling, where you're feeling it in your body, and also, as you said, talking about it at work, at home, so that you're not feeling alone. When people um, go through things and feel alone, it causes it to feel even deeper, can cause it to feel even worse. And just knowing that you're not alone can, can often help. Let me go to the phone lines, 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. We are talking to the therapist tonight. If you have an issue that you need help addressing, uh, give us a call. Lines are open. Let's talk to Linda. Linda calling from Virginia. Linda, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Linda, are you there? Linda, give us a call back if you can. Let's go to Lagosu calling from D.C. Lagosu, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hi there. Um, I want to keep it brief, but sure. I just wanted to say I really appreciate you, Kojo, uh, talking about this topic. Yeah, and this is Harold. Kojo Namdi has not been here in decades, but go right ahead, Lagosu. Oh, my bad. That, that, that's all right. We, yeah, we, we, we look so much alike. My bad, my bad. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for having the therapist on. Sure. Um, and to go back to your point about um, the children at the school, um, I personally, I'm 34. I've been in uh, cognitive behavioral therapy myself for about six years, and I'm just now uncovering some of the post-traumatic stress from when I was a child. I'm talking about a toddler, five years old. Um, so if anybody's listening uh, who's 
you know, um, in a relationship with those children who are at that school, yes, please talk to them. Please get them some, some professional help as soon as possible. Um, and for the families, too. Um, that kind of trauma, um, it just sends ripples, like, through a, f a family tree. Um, so, like I said, I want to keep it brief. Thank you all for doing what you do. Um, and, uh, yeah, have a great rest of your night. I'm enjoying the conversation. Lugosu, thank you so much for your phone call. Uh, Dr. Harrison, what is cognitive behavioral therapy? Cognitive behavioral therapy, also known as CBT for short, it's a type of therapy when uh, you try to encourage people to think through their problems and uh, address things like automatic thinking, negative thoughts, like how if I go through something, how can I cope? If I go through this, how can I make sure that I'm not overreacting, that I'm not overwhelmed by my thoughts? And it can it can be for a few months, it can be for eight sessions, or it could be for 10 years. It depends on who you are and what you really need to process. And I appreciate that Logosu, you know, brought up being in therapy and going through things as a child because trauma is not just one person, right? Mm -hmm. So generational trauma, we see historical trauma, we see. So if we don't process things and we learn these maladaptive behaviors to keep them to yourselves, to not discuss them, and then you change, you push that onto your children, then nothing is addressed. And you end up with children who carry trauma from, yes, their own experiences, from their parents' experiences, from their grandparents' th experiences, and it's generational, and it can be community. So I appreciate that he brought that up, and it's really something to address because I think a lot of times people are like, well, kids, especially black kids, are resilient. Kids can get through this. They won't remember, but they will remember, and then they become the adults that I see in the emergency room every day. This brings up something... And, and and tell me if if this is what Lugosu was talking about. A um, couple of weeks ago, I was in a parking lot and just going to grab something to eat. Well, when I got my food and I got in my car and I realized that I was being blocked in. And the driver of the car was a mother with a young child. I guess she was eight or nine. And I went back into the store and I said, you know, you know, sis, you're uh, you're blocking me in. And she said, okay, I'll and I'll come out. Very nice person. But when I walked out and she walked out with her child, she was yelling and cursing at her child. Mm -hmm. And I and I was thinking to myself. Oh my God, just, she was, get in the car, hurry up, that, you know, and is that the kind of thing that you're talking about when you're talking about trauma in addressing these kinds of issues? Yeah, um, mm -hmm. her mother might have talked to her like that, and her mother might have talked to her like that, and it was normalized as this is how you talk to children, this is how you parent. I literally just... I was saying flew back from Jamaica and I was in the airport and a mom was just yelling at her child about how she was going to beat her and cussing at her and everyone was looking and I'm here, you know, on vacation, but I'm still here as a psychiatrist, as a therapist. That doesn't change. It doesn't change. And all I can think about is this is so triggering for everyone here. This is tra traumatic for this child, for her siblings, for everyone who's around. And this might be how this person's mother talked to them or how this person's partner talked to them but they have to understand what your what the impact of how you speak how you treat your children how you interact how you communicate is having on your children mm -hmm. I, I want to hold your point because I do want to drill down a little bit more 
because this is really fascinating to me because obviously there's a lot of anger out there. Uh, that is, again, something that is not new. But maybe as part of this discussion, we can look at other ways uh, to address it. D, calling from Maryland. Alana, calling from Maryland. Desi, calling from D.C. Stay with us. Do not hang up. The Daily Drum will continue on Sirius XM Channel 141 and WHUT TV. I'm Harold Fisher. John Mons is next with the original Quiet Storm. That's going to be on WHUR-FM. We will be back with more of a conversation with our therapist, asking the therapist. Lines are still open at 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. We'll be back in just a bit.